0: Welcome to the pilot episode of Echo Ever Proudly. By way of introduction, my name is Brian Egan. I graduated from Gonzaga in 1986. Let me introduce you to some names and faces that you would remember if you walked the halls of Gonzaga or if you've been on campus recently. Dave Dugan, Class of 98. Dave, how are you? Brian, I'm doing great. Delighted to be with you. Danny Costello, who I remember fondly as a Dean of Students back in the day, has a much fancier title now, class of 72. Danny, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Brian. Happy to be here. Snoop Harper, Byron Snoop Harper, class of 84. Snoop, good to see you. You look great. You've been, Brian, you've been working thanks. out? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, thanks for having us, Brian. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Now, as the school celebrates 200 years, you guys have been working behind the scenes, digging into the archives, planning events. Uh, g- Dave, let's start with you. Give folks who are connected with the school a little insight into how long you guys have been preparing for uh, the celebrations that are coming our way this fall.
1: Well, it's been something that's been growing for 200 years, right? The fact that Gonzaga has been around since September 8th, 1821, known as the Washington Catholic Seminary. Looking back, at how did did we get here, and certain milestones that, that come to mind and, and bring a lot of enthusiasm to the mission of Gonzaga College High School. We're going to be thinking about what, what was Gonzaga like in its early years. You know, how did Gonzaga change and evolve and grow after the '68 riots, on through various decades throughout the '70s, '80s, '90s, and here we are entering our next. 200 years so it's been an all-encompassing process by looking back at gonzaga seeing where pivotal things have changed to help the mission of gonzaga we think about it from a historical significance but we also look at it from an opportunity to raise funds and investors to continue this mission of gonzaga college high school Part of this podcast is looking back and making sure that we are capturing some important milestones along the way.
0: Danny, when we were coming up with a name for this podcast, Echo Ever Proudly, obviously from the alma mater, but also was used as the title of a book that Paul Warren put together when he dug into the history of the school from its founding in 1821 to 1900, basically. It's a phrase that really sums up what we're trying to do as we mark the 200th anniversary of the school, letting these stories echo ever proudly. Are are there some that you're looking forward to hearing?
1: Uh, There are many, Brian, as you pointed out in our earlier discussion, have been around here for a few years now. You know, some of the echoes that I'm looking forward to hearing, the real heroes, heroes of Gonzaga, John Carmody, Father Dooley, Stu Long, we're going to be hearing about many of these people but i'm i'm really looking forward to some of the guys who are a year older than me and the class of 71 tell their story about turning the monument washington monument purple and white on the eve of the saint john's game so these are some of the tales some of the folks the heroes of gonzaga and i'm really really looking forward to helping share that in any way we can
0: uh, snoop you and i were on uh, i street around the same time for a few years I know you have a unique perspective of how much different the school is you know not just from where it was in 68 69 when Danny arrived on campus but how much the complexion of the school has evolved in a very positive way. Well, Brian, you're absolutely correct. You know, we, I walked out of here in 1984 to see Gonzaga right now. I'm extremely proud to see the progress that we've made. The school has not changed much. Or there's been several modifications, but uh, principles are still the same. I'm just ecstatic that uh, some of the kids that are getting the opportunity to graduate from Gonzaga has uh, broadened. We'll say it that way. And uh, it's it's still the same Gonzaga, still the same quality of education, which makes me extremely proud. And now to be a father of a sophomore, uh, I couldn't be any, any more happier than I am right now. Well, I'm looking forward to some visits that I know we have in store. Uh, these are names that are going to be familiar to some, maybe familiar to all. But did you have Coach Maddox for P.E.? i had coach jackson you had coach jackson yeah well we got it covered because we're gonna have a special visit with them in i think before we even get to the end of september that you you won't want to miss they just retired after an incredible career at gonzaga but that's just one of the visits dave you mentioned that time on i street when we weren't sure where this school was going. And it's gonna be neat for me in just a few minutes after I get done visiting with you guys, as part of our pilot, I'm gonna be visiting with Father Lingen. I love thinking about
1: Father Lingen in in a couple capacities in that, yes, he's our new president, we're thrilled to have him, but think about him as a young kid watching his three older brothers uh, matriculate through Gonzaga. And then the summer of 74, when Father, a young Joe Lingen was entering Gonzaga's senior year, Father Bernard Dooley showed up on I Street and The last three years with Father Dooley on campus, Father Joe Lingan came back as a recently ordained Jesuit priest to be the school's chaplain and teach history here on I Street. So, And we know what happened after 16 years of Father Novotny at the helm of Gonzaga. He sadly didn't wake up in the fall of 2010, and there was Joe Lingan to to carry on the remainder of that academic year 2010 11 graciously handed the baton to to the great father of planning uh and now he accepts it back two months ago so there's just a lot of enthusiasm about the father Joe and tenure on i street that i'm i'm really excited for you brian to have some time with him
0: because his time at gonzaga was right in the crucible of kind of like the clash song should we stay or should we go correct so you
1: know i think about those years early on in the 70s and and where Gonzaga uh, fueled by Father Dooley uh, evolved into a school that obviously had a really long wait list and matriculation, both inbound and outbound during the dually years blew up. I mean, from 1974 to he left in 1994. So uh, those are pivotal 20 years in the history of, of our 200s that are definitely worth noting and diving deeper into. And I think of you know one of his his right-hand man was Dr. Joe Cangolini, who had a wonderful career here as a teacher, administrator, later became our headmaster. I was a student under his his watch and, you know, he was revered by the faculty, by the students of Gonzaga at the time. And because of his intellect, because of his compassion and his organizational skills, he really, in my opinion, looking back at Gonzaga, made sure that we remained one of the finest academic institutions in this region. And he's obviously gone on to do wonderful things at at different schools. He's now up at, at Sacred Heart School of Manhattan. Dr. Joe Changlini just joined Gonzaga's Board of Trustees. So he's a pivotal guy that we're going to be learning more from. And you mentioned Joe Jackson and Alvin Maddox. I was a product of Joe Jackson uh, freshman year PE class, and, and I can still remember the characters in that class and the way Coach Jackson led us throughout that nine-month period. And we are incredibly proud of the tenure the two of those men had here on I-Street and the impacts. Uh, they, they live on. We, we think about our, our new Gonzaga's dean of student, Robert Churchwell, class of 1990, sure I mean, he is is so emphatic about his appreciation for both Joe Jackson and Alvin Maddox and I and I, having grown up in Northwest Washington a running me place I, I I got the pleasure of watching John Carmody be a father and hear stories about Gonzaga at a young age and and John Carmody what he did when his brother when tragedy struck when Kevin passed he said what do I want to do what do I want to get behind I want to get up behind a cause down an ice tree to help Gonzaga students who do not have a father in their lives make sure sure the tuition is going to be covered through the Carmody open. And we were there a couple, two years ago when, when we told John Carmody about the man Michael Lynn was and his story. And Mr. Carmody said, Dave, we want to add Mike Lynn's name to Kevin's Kevin's Excuse me, I'm getting a little motion here because John Carmody heard more about Michael and he says he sounded a lot like my brother. I just, I, the man John Carmody means so much to this institution and it will uh, for, for the remainder of, of the life of the school because of his impact, his intellect and his passion for making sure Gonzaga thrives and it would overcome certain hurdles uh, along the way.
0: Now, if you're closely connected to Gonzaga, you probably saw the news that John Carmody passed away back in July, which makes the visit we taped in May that much more special. And part of that visit with John Carmody is coming up next week in episode two. Now, Danny Costello mentioned celebrating the heroes of I-Street. And maybe you've got some ideas for future episodes. Shoot me an email, podcast at gonzaga.org. And real quick, I got to thank the team behind the scenes here, not just these three guys in the alumni office, Danny, Dave, and Snoop, but also some other folks like Conrad, Mary Claire, Stephen, Jen, uh, Paul Buckley, my classmate. There's been a lot of people working behind the scenes to not only just craft the ideas for, hey, what stories are the most important. That that we need to cover for the Echo Ever proudly debut season, but also getting those guests booked. There's been a lot of moving parts behind the scenes, so I just want to throw some love and appreciation your way, and guys, pass it on to the rest of the team, how proud I am of you guys for making this thing actually happen. Thank you, Brian. We're really grateful to you. Thank you for your professionalism, Brian. Thanks a lot.
1: Our favorite.
0: Your 37th president of Gonzaga College High School, Father Joe Lingen, class of 75. Welcome, and how are you, Father? I'm doing well, Brian. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure for me to be with you today. So this is another time that you return to I Street, but let's start off by going back in time. About 50 years, the fall of 1971, you would have been turning the corner into I Street as a freshman. What did that feel like for you? Well, I can remember, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, not
2: surprising, I remember vividly my first day on I Street here as a student. And while I had some familiarity with the school because all my older brothers had gone to Gonzaga, my first day, I remember walking down uh, the corridor, the first floor corridor of what was then called the main building. And I had my schedule in hand and all these upper classmen were kind of rushing by knowing where they were going and I all I had was my schedule and a room number and I had no idea where the room was and uh, I was a little intimidated and I can remember vividly hugging the wall as I was walking down and this Jesuit walked up to me and asked if he could help me and I I, uh, I said well I'm looking for my homeroom and he said uh, well you got the right building with the wrong floor. And he uh, directed me up to my homeroom. So I, I must admit, the, uh, the look of confusion uh, was somewhat similar on the freshmen a couple weeks ago, but they, they had good upperclassmen and not to mention faculty helping them find their way. It was, it was good, but it was a feeling I, I remember very
0: well, even though it was 50 years ago. Now, Father, during your time as a student, Gonzaga was faced with some very hard choices. Enrollment was down post-riots. The school was sort of in this position of, does it close? Does it collapse into Georgetown Prep? Which way does it go? And you were there, you had some older brothers. What did it feel like? What was your exposure or awareness of this huge pivotal moment in the school's history?
2: Well, as you might imagine, Brian, back then as a student, we weren't quite aware of, of all the drama behind the scenes, At the time, both my parents were active and involved at Gonzaga, and we were certainly mindful of some of the financial challenges that were facing Gonzaga at the time. In fact, my mom was a president of the Mother's Club. At one point, my dad was president of the Father's Club. My mom helped with the beginning of of Gonzaga's development office back then. So the class of 75, my class, was the, the smallest class in Gonzaga's modern history, actually. We were only, I think, 83 of us uh, in the class when we graduated. Uh, but at the time when they sent in all these new faculty at Jesuits really made a commitment and they sent a number of Jesuits here. Now, as a freshman, I wasn't aware that they were all new faculty members here uh, at the time. They brought a, a whole new life and enthusiasm to campus. And if we were about to close, it wasn't apparent to us at that particular point. But as you mentioned during my years here, and I, I think you chose a good word, there was a pivot that that clearly happened during those years. And uh, uh, the, the investment that uh, Gonzaga made in terms of property they had acquired. Uh, my senior year, they had the opening of Buchanan Field. Uh, shortly thereafter, after I left, uh, Gonzaga built the Carmody Center. Uh, I think both of those things were a clear indication that Gonzaga was staying exactly where it was. And then, of course, as years progressed, they acquired Fort Hall and, and then later, Rouge Hall, which was the old uh, Notre Dame Academy. Uh, so it, it was very clear at that particular point uh, that Gonzaga was staying here on I Street.
0: So Father, even among just 83 graduates from the class of 75, I imagine the camaraderie and the bonds that you built, you saw the same kind of feelings in the class of 2020 and 2021 as they both held graduations back to back in June. It's, it's the spirit of I-Street that endures.
2: That is absolutely true. I, I'm Brian, I've had the pleasure of serving in a number of different Jesuit schools over the years. And, and what I'm about to say is not a sneeze on them at all. They're really all very fine schools. But I have to say with great sincerity and honesty, the, the spirit of Gonzaga is very unique. I often describe it as being an infectious spirit, an enduring spirit, and dare I say, a holy spirit. I mean, it's it's really it's it's incredible to see and talk to alumni, for example, their enthusiasm for the school hasn't waned. It seems since they were students, and to hear them talk about their time here on I Street, to hear them talk of, of a faculty members whom they liked, or uh, events on campus that they liked, or classmates that they like. It's,
0: it's just really a wonderful thing. Well, since you brought it up, let's find out a couple of your favorite teachers. Who were one or two folks that made a big impact, Father Lingen, on your time on I-Street?
2: Well, the, the first person who comes to my mind is uh, Father Don Ward. He uh, started here in, I think, my freshman year was when he first arrived. And he taught me history and he taught me religion. He was just, just a wonderful, real personification of the Gonzaga spirit. A very, very positive, energetic, optimistic, fun fellow who really enjoyed us and uh, we enjoyed him. And it was apparent that he enjoyed being with us and was a very, very encouraging presence to us. So that's, that's the first person that comes to my mind. When I think of that, I remember being struck by uh, Father Heredy, who was then my math teacher my freshman year. And I enjoyed math a great deal, and he made it enjoyable, to say the least. And there was a guy, an English teacher that I got to know very well uh, by the name of Mr. Machini, who after my senior year, actually joined the Jesuits. Years later, I happened to serve as his superior. (laughs) And uh, and he uh, said to me one day, just with this big smile on his face, he said, it's really hard for me to see you as my superior. I still see you as a junior at my English class.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What a great moment that must have been for you. Now, let's talk a little bit about the chair that you get to sit in now. You're the 37th president of Gonzaga College High School. But for those who may be younger uh, or don't know, you've actually had to sit in that chair before, although under somewhat heartbreaking circumstances. Well, thank you, Brian. Uh, you know, at that particular time, this
2: was back in 2010, Father Novotny, who was then president, uh, died quite suddenly and unexpectedly. It was a shock to everybody who knew him and, and loved him. And Alan was a very good friend of mine. Uh I got the call first from my provincial asking me if there was, uh, and in and, and that particular moment, I just finished as novice master for the Jesuits on the East Coast. I was starting a sabbatical. I got a call. This was obviously after uh, Alan's passing, and the provincial called to ask me if I would consider serving as an interim president at Gonzaga. I'll be honest with you, I didn't hesitate. Uh, it was, I saw it as an opportunity to give something back to Gonzaga, which had given so much to me. Probably the year before, I guess it was, I had come off the board. I had been served on the board for nine years, from uh, 1999 to 2008. So I had some current knowledge of the school. I was more than happy and really honored to be asked. And when I finished that year, I really thought my employment at Gonzaga would be over. And uh, there was a little sadness in that. Uh, But then when I got the call and asked if I would submit an application uh, at this particular time, I was, again, honored and thrilled. And I suppose having been selected by the board,
0: this makes me the Grover Cleveland of uh, Gonzaga to be able to have the privilege to serve twice as uh, president here. Father, we're a few weeks into the school year. You started things off with the Mass of the Holy Spirit, I'm sure, at orientation for the students and for the faculty You had words to share with them about your vision for this bicentennial year of instruction at Gonzaga. What did you share with everybody? The Mass of the Holy Spirit
2: this year was especially moving for me personally because uh, actually Father Joe Parks, who was the provincial assistant for pre-secondary and secondary education, celebrated the Mass. And during that particular Mass, I was missioned uh, on behalf of the provincial to serve as director of the work uh, here at Gonzaga. And I will admit it was a a more emotional moment than I, I anticipated. And that particular day, this particular year, as you can just imagine, uh, because of COVID, at that day, half the student body was experiencing a full long Gonzaga experience for the first time. So both the freshmen and the sophomores were feeling and experiencing that wonderful the whole Gonzaga community gathered at St. house. So it was a, it was a rich, rich day for all of us. So one of the things that I said during student orientation and faculty orientation, was that uh, you know to emphasize really the importance and the value of Jesuit education and one of the hallmarks if you will of Jesuit education is belief in finding God in all things to be able to see and to recognize that God is in all that we encounter and do through the course of the day and it's my encouragement to the faculty and my encouragement to the students that we really want to form young men of competence conscience and character. I expected them to do their best. And I say that both to the faculty and to the students. And I have to say, because of COVID and the reopening of Gonzaga, the enthusiasm, the, the joy that the students feel right now of being here on campus, it's been great. I mean, they've been really, really wonderful to see around the campus. And the, we have a wonderful group of young men here now, truly. And, and apropos of what I was saying earlier, you know, when I was a senior back in 75, I think our, our enrollment was 483 students. Now we have this year 957 students. And it's just
0: great. It's just great. Now, Father, is returning to campus this year is special for the students and the faculty. It's also special for alumni. Reunion weekends taking place uh, tomorrow and Saturday with events planned around the football game against St. Mary's. I'll be there with the class of 86. But then there's an even bigger for all associated with Gonzaga, a block party in October. That's right. It's it's part of our bicentennial celebration. So this year, you know,
2: obviously because of COVID, we've had to postpone some of the anticipated celebrations the Black Party we're having as one of the ways that we're celebrating our bicentennial. I look forward to the reunions this weekend, especially I've gotten notes uh, and emails from graduates who, on the one hand, were welcoming me to Gonzaga and congratulating me on my new position here, but also expressing their enthusiasm uh, for coming back to campus. And For some alums, they're going to be, I think, somewhat surprised to see some of the changes that have occurred since they were here as students. And I I kind of look forward to to not only hearing some of their stories and why they uh, appreciate Gonzaga, but also hoping that they'll see and appreciate how Gonzaga has grown and changed and all for the better.
0: Well, I'm excited to see you in person. I'm also excited for some of the stories that are going to be coming in the next few weeks as we roll out the Echo Ever Proudly podcast. An incredibly inspiring visit with now Dr. Gabe Smith, class of 54, the first ever African American to graduate from Gonzaga, received an honorary doctorate at this past graduation. Yes, indeed. And uh,
2: if you had the pleasure of meeting with Gabe, he, what a wonderful man really yeah. inc- incredible and uh, he kept saying to me I just love Gonzaga I just love Gonzaga I must admit I hear that expression a lot and as you might imagine Brian I mean there's nothing more heartening for a person in my position than to hear that from alums from current students and from the parents of current students it's it's we're really very fortunate
0: well father I feel extremely fortunate that you guys have uh, given me this opportunity to work on this and to host it and put it together The stories that are coming this fall, I think, are going to spark a connection to this school and a deeper love for Gonzaga than you probably ever could have imagined. My favorite part, Father, is getting people together to relive exciting moments in Gonzaga's past that will then echo ever proudly into its future.
2: Thank you, Brian, very much. And thank you for doing what you're doing for Gonzaga and for helping alumni and the school really to celebrate this wonderful anniversary. Thank you so much.
0: Father Joe Lingan, 37th president of Gonzaga College High School. Hey, wherever you're listening to this right now, whether you found us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, make sure you're subscribing so you don't miss any of the incredible episodes we put together for you. In fact, next week, a visit with the late John Carmody, class of 54. Almost 50 years ago, John and three other Gonzaga parents did something amazing if you don't know the story of the Four Horsemen, don't feel bad. I didn't really know it that well until we started working on this podcast, but it's a story that is so central to Gonzaga continuing its mission in the nation's capital. We'll cover that next week. We've got visits with Coach Maddox and Jackson at the end of the month and the legacy of Father Horace McKenna. Until next time, ad mayorium dei gloriam, and hail Gonzaga. She never won to victory, God's